This is Kofo Live and Undead. I am your host, Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by the amazing Travis Bundy. Travis, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, it's it's a uh, it's it's great to see you. Uh, you know, it's been a few years, but uh, I think we met like something like 12 years ago in Seattle, yeah. doing comic books projects and stuff together. And, yeah, the early and, days of Creators Edge. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You were one of the founders of of that imprint, and yeah, and 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 now you're you're, you're you've moved on to, to doing all kinds of, uh, you know, cool art projects and, and horror related stuff. Yeah. If you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, it, it, where you come from and how you got into horror art. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I grew up in Tacoma, Washington and in the eighties and I don't, there wasn't a whole lot to do as a kid. And I was, you know, I was a nerd and normal kid that didn't you know really get out that much so video stores were my church and the horror section was where you know my first love and and you know in the 80s your your parents are like okay as long as this doesn't give you nightmares you can rent all the r-rated movies you want so i would uh i would just go there and i would just 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 every weird film i could watch from old stuff to brand new it, it was it was just horror was where it was at and as a kid as a young kid i remember looking up at like movie posters like for like the goonies and for like the dark yeah. crystal and just realizing that somebody drew that it's like somebody created an entire story in one piece of art and i've always been an artsy kid like i've always i've always drawn ever since i could hold a crayon i've been drawing and eventually that just got to a point where i was like i want to make my own posters and i want to make them for movies that i loved that don't get a whole lot of love that maybe had a really crap poster to begin with. And, uh, and so I'm going to make like, you know, cause at some point the studios just stopped caring about movie art. Right. So right. I want to show some love to those movies that didn't really get any love. And it ramped up about seven years ago when I got in league with a local uh, Tacoma like it's one of the oldest uh, uh, theaters in Tacoma. It's called the Blue Mouse. It's just cool. a little, little small one-screen theater up on uh, in Proc on Proctor in the in that district of the north end of of Tacoma, and 
they have a thing called Friday Night Frights, where every the third Friday of every month they would do uh, like a cult horror film. Nice. And they started slow. They would just build. You know, it was a it was a real small community, but a very dedicated community of of locals and people who would travel from Seattle and the surrounding areas to to go there because, you know, there weren't a lot of places doing that. So, uh, the guy who ran it started really wanting to get his own posters kind of all of the alamo draft house oh cool right and so he reached out to me and i've done i think we did the last count i've done 18 of those posters nice he started finding other artists and bringing them on board and now i'm essentially the art director for friday night frights oh, and i help cool. all the artists make sure they get done on time because now the place has made it so that we can put a big poster like a big you know 24 by 36 or 27 by 40 actually out front and advertise the week before. So now local artists are getting their love of movies actually like seen in like a real way. And it's nice. It's a, it's a fun atmosphere. Everybody comes and just hangs out and it's like a punk rock show, but we all yell at a movie. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. uh, You know, um, it, it seems like in the last 20 years, so much movie posters have just gone to like, digital Photoshop, you know, kind of dribble, you know, how many, yeah. How many heads can you just like, you know, uh, kind of, yeah. Like, uh, ethereally just, you know, hover in there, you know, just like what, what little character posters can you have as opposed to the actual handcrafted artistry? I mean, you know, you and I grew up with like Drew Struzan, you know, Amsel and all those guys. I mean, Oh, just breaks my heart to see that you know they've the that these studios have basically just started going well we're not selling a movie we're selling this actor so like mm-hmm. like you it, it gets as bad as like you can look at there's a there's a, a johnny depp movie that just did terribly because it wasn't a good movie it was called mordecai i remember yep. the poster is just his head it's just him from here up and a red background yeah that is the ultimate there's not even a concept it's literally just like we're selling you another movie with Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's it. And it's like those old posters told a story. Yeah. And the best part about those old, like the the direct to video, like world, they had to tell a story because yeah. they didn't have any other advertising budget, so it had to look cool on a shelf. Yeah. And that just used to be part of it. I think that was kind of an old holdover thing from the days when they didn't have television ads or anything to really advertise a film so like you look at like metropolis and it's gorgeous and it's it like you have you had to sell that movie on that alone and right. that's the that's a that's a fun challenge for me because yeah i can just draw the heads of all the characters and put them in there but i want to have a concept too like i want to have people look at it and go find little things in the details and you know it, 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 tell a story and and kind of hint at what you know, but not, not tell the entire story. So right. like, even though some of the things uh, would be fun, more fun to draw, like the creatures in a movie, sometimes I just hint at what the creature is because I right. want this to feel like a real, a real poster where you wouldn't give that away in the initial right. poster. So, yeah. 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 Most definitely. Let me, uh, yeah. Let me take down this banner real quick, but uh, you know, kind of bring in some, some examples of your, of your artwork. So, sure. so that folks uh, kind of, yeah, uh, obviously we're kids of the '80s. And yeah, <laughs> what's more obvious than ET, right? Exactly. This is my whole. This is the whole thing I use for all my branding now. That's myself and my dog. Uh, <laughs> you know, just 
because not only am I a horror fan and, you know, but I'm a pug person. So nice. we have our own little world. Nice. Yeah. E.T.'s like, uh, yeah, the ultimate pug, isn't he? Basically, if you look at it, there's not much difference between the two of them. It's almost like you can see that there was a little bit of a of a design. Uh, Short, uh, short snout, from uh, big eyes, breathing problems. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can't can't walk in a river. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, the Candyman piece. I love that yeah. piece. Yeah, you were telling me before we went live, yeah, about your story with uh, with Tony Todd and, and yeah. you know, how endearing uh, he is. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I met him very briefly at um, Crypticon back in oh, it must have been like 2016, 2015. and he was I was at my busy at my table all day, so I couldn't really get a chance to go actually talk to him. So he's leaving, and I had a sketch card that I had done of him. And I just wanted to get it to him and just maybe get a picture. And he was late for his flight and he still stopped, oh. still took the picture, took it, was very gracious, very nice. And then I met him again after I made this piece last year. And he is the genuine article. He yeah. really cares. He really loves it. And it's it's nice when the people go, we would really like to get this art so we can sell it at, like, what would it take to sell this at shows? And I, my standing offer is free. Yeah. I'm not going to charge Tony Todd for a piece of art that I did for a movie that, you know, was very impactful to me as a child. Candyman yeah. still is one of the movies that kind of still scares me because yeah. it scared me as a child. So that still lingers inside of me. It's like the gate. The gate is a movie that terrifies me as, a, as wow. an adult because it scared me so bad as a child that there's, wow. that's still in there somewhere. Wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, the original Candyman still has, you know, just, uh, an immense amount of like poignance for, for myself, oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's just resonates and, and uh, has a lot of gravity. You know, the viewers that, that watch the show, they, they know my, uh, my favorite, uh, you know, horror movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one. Yeah. Cause every time I watch it, it gives me nightmares. I cannot sleep. Um, it's just so uh, uh, visceral. It feels and, real. Yeah, it, it does. Feels real. It feels like a documentary. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, back then, you know, and so many of those filmmakers back then, like Wes Craven and um, I think Sean Cunningham to some degree, kind of came out of of the uh, you know the documentary and and stagecraft uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. background. So they you know that's that's the tools that they they brought to their films. Yeah, for sure. And it changed the game because before it was very theatrical and very right. staged. You know, right. everything was kind of kind of still jumping from like the old, uh, you know, the, 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 the old universal days. But then also kind of right. into that weird like sci-fi pulpy film style mm -hmm. around in the 50s and 60s. Sure. And, and it, but they all still very, felt very stilted. They felt like plays, but they didn't feel like, like they didn't feel real. Right. And horror is best when it feels real, which is why Candyman scared me so bad because it was it was a shoestring budget type of thing, I feel like. And yeah. they just didn't they didn't have the money to do big flashy, you know, camera work and all that stuff. So they just did what they could with it and it it's just feels like visceral is a good word for it. Yeah, it, it's it's there. It's right it's, in your face. It's pretty intense. Yeah, plus a film like that, you know is a nice reflection on, on society. I mean, that's what good art is, you know, talking about like, you know, uh, you know, the urban settings and, you know, especially, you know, amongst, uh, 
you know, the African, African-American, uh, you know, uh, sensibility too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it really, you know, kind of opened my eyes, you know, to a lot of, uh, a lot of those inner city situations because I'm just a rural kid that had no freaking idea back yeah. when it came out. It, it took, it took like the concept of a, of a urban myth and yep. made it just terrifying Yep. where you could, you could, you know, this, this, this thing that lurked in your mind could come kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and everybody, but everybody had grown. The, the best part about it is that most everybody in that neighborhood, like in Cabrini green, they just knew about it. It was a fact of life and there were just certain places you didn't go and certain things you didn't do. That's true. Says a lot about a lot of urban communities. I mean, I grew up in Tacoma. It's not like it was the, you know, it's not Mayberry. <laughs> It, yeah. was, it was pretty in the 80s and 90s. It was pretty, pretty rough, you know, like it's very yeah. gentrified now. There's like, you know, colleges and all kinds of stuff down there. But it, it, it was I mean, you know, it was the place you went when you lived in Seattle and you wanted hard drugs. Oh, <laughs> so, it was it was pretty bad. Downtown was basically like it looked like a, a, a you know, like a Dawn of the Dead film or something. Yeah. Most times there's just no businesses down there, just newspapers floating in the wind, you know? Wow. Wow. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty derelict. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely paints a picture. Um, you know, well, it's the eighties too. So yeah, you do cocaine like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I want to bring up, uh, you know, some more of, uh, your artwork too. Sure. So let me, uh, you know, go back to, to some of that. Um, yeah, one that I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, oh, the Rocky yeah. Burke picture show. I, yeah, so obviously this just grabs me. I love Tim Curry. Um, I think he's phenomenal. And, you know, every, every movie that he's able to be front and center, like, you mm-hmm. know, Lord of Darkness and Legend. I mean, I consider that one to be a horror fantasy. Oh, it is 100%. Yeah, not just a fantasy. I mean, Jesus Christ, that it's, thing. It's a goth. Out. It's a goth love letter. Yes, yes. That movie is between her dress and just the overall tone yeah. of that film. I yeah. mean, every creature is is like if you saw Meg Mucklebones in any other movie, it would be a horror film. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. The Swamp uh, Witch character is so oh, yes, yeah. perfect. And 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 in the American cut, they they basically just she's in it for maybe not even five minutes right there's so much more to that character that uh was in the european cut and that's the one that i typically watch with it's it's hard because that's one of those films where like okay you know you you see like the american version and you see like a european version or like the director's cut and you're like oh one is far superior well the director's the, the the european version has doesn't have the tangerine dream soundtrack Right. Which to me as a kid growing up, that was, that was a whole other character. <laughs> like yeah. that's part of that movie is, is watching that, listening to that Tangerine Dream soundtrack. And right. so listening, yeah. And Jerry Goldsmith did a great job with that, mm-hmm. that script, that's that, that score, but it's still not Tangerine Dream. So yeah. I like the, I like the fact that they kept more in and it has a better flow of the story. But right. if I just want to turn my brain off and feel like I'm, you know, a kid again, I, I, I watched the American version. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. 
Yeah, uh, you know, with with Rocky or you know, Picture Show. I mean, you know that that launched uh, you know Tim Curry's career. Certainly, you know, helped elevate uh, Susan Sarandon's you know career. She, I mean, you know, she had already been doing a number of films, but yeah. but yeah, even though this is like the midnight movie, cult classic, musical, like this is my my entry point to musical films. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, granted, I, I grew up watching the the classic Wizard of Oz, but sure. it wasn't until this, it's like, oh, yeah, this is an amazing subversive art form that can be, you know, quite edgy and, and play with a lot of themes that um, you can't really do, in, in a, you know, without a lot of blowback immediately. Exactly. It, um, it, was, it was it was it was edgy for the time. hundred yeah. percent. Like this was stuff people didn't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, um, yeah, this is also like, you know, for anybody out there who hasn't seen it, highly recommend seeing it. Also, if you can go to the live performances shows where you have yes. audience interactions and stuff. Um, Which is know. kind of funny that you bring that up because that's what this was originally made for. This poster right. was originally made for the 20th anniversary of the Blue Mouseketeers, who is the local Tacoma troop. Nice. They wanted me to make they they hired me to make a poster for them, and oh. um, and then in, in original the original one had all their branding on it and everything, and then uh, I just took I just took it and made it you know a regular movie one to add to my list, but cool. the uh, original poster still hangs in the theater that they perform in. Oh my god, that's and great. it's it's just nice like it's just nice to be a part of that to like be a part of some Tacoma tradition of twenty years, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Now, with with something uh, you know like like this, are, are you guys able to put together like a collected art book or anything like that? Um, yeah, you know, I've I've thought about it. And I've had people ask me about it. Um, yeah. The problem with it is that like when it's prints, because you know these are all homage pieces. These are all pieces like that. If when it's a when it's collected prints like that, I I wonder about the legality of it. The licensing, um, and the stuff. licensing, uh, because it's going into something else. When it's art, it's homage. And, yeah. and if if somebody wants to track me down and send me a cease and desist for whatever, I'll just send them back. And be like, hey, do you want the art? Yeah, you can just sell it yourself because that's that's why I did it. You know, I tend I tend to really try to get the people involved with these things to at least kind of give them the heads up that like, hey, I'm doing this. Like uh, I reached out to Alex Winter when I did the oh. uh, freaked poster oh. and he got back to me and he was like, this is phenomenal. Thank you. Oh, that's cool. I, I'm typically not doing like, you know, movies that I'm doing movies that need my help for the most part. You know, if if anybody's doing art of these things, they're, 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 I'm keeping it in the collective unconscious and I'm really showing my true fandom by doing movies like this, the Wraith troll Two. you know, it's like they, it's not like I'm cutting into anybody's, you know, revenue sources by doing that. I'm actually like keeping them alive a little bit. And right. yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah, art, art's such a great way to, you know, uh, you know, keep, you know, horror films, films in general, you know, any genre, just, you know, in, in that public, uh, you know, um, you know, lexicon of, of, you know, of art and film, but, uh, you know, keeping that conversation alive too. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I remember like, I think, uh, what was it 10 years ago the alamo draft house in littleton here uh you know it's a suburb of denver um 
you know, they, they reached out to a number of local artists and, and you know, specifically like comic book artists. And I was one of them. And, uh, and they asked us to, to do some uh, posters for special screenings. And, and, and we were, oh, yeah, same thing. We were. That's rad. That's my dream right there. Yeah. So I have the Alamo Draft House go, hey, we got a movie and we really like this poster. Do you want to do one? I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we did that for a little time, uh, a little bit, uh, and, uh, probably about a year and we had, yeah, I, yeah, I had a, a fantastic troupe, so many talented people, um, Ken Penn, J. James McFarland, um, Gerard, uh, Kayahue and, uh, like Zach, um, Kinsella, just to name a few, if, if you guys are watching out there, sometimes I do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, it lasted a year, yeah, uh, because they tried to keep it local, and it, it was it was nice for a chain like that to like try and work with local artists and try and yeah. cultivate that community. But then their corporate office got got wind of it, and it's like you know we got Mondo in our back pocket, you know, so we weren't sanctioned artists. So they're like, you got to use you know the Mondo artists, or it's yeah. like I, I reached out to Mondo a couple times, and you know, but. Yeah, nice work. Yeah. Like, all right. All I've right. done the same. I've 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 sent them my portfolio a yeah. couple times and it's it's you know, they basically go, We'll send this to the bright people and if we have a project, we'll get get a hold of you. And I'm like, Okay, at least they right. at least they sent up a signal flare and they know I'm there. But you know, in a way, having it having the ability that's an that would be a nice boost, but also right. like it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of red tape. And True. it's and at this point I'm kind of doing what I want to do, how I want to do it. Right. And and I like I like the 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 level of of, of difficulty and, and the level of, of challenge that we put upon ourselves as artists yeah. to to do that without having to add all the other, you know, hurdles of like making ten people happy. Right. right. We, we are our biggest critics. Oh yeah. I mean I got I'm bad I'm bad enough. I don't yep. need your help to, <laughs> I don't need some company's help to make me feel like my art sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, our, our friend and, uh, you know, my sponsor, uh, Angela Joseph. Uh, hello, Daniel. Hello, Travis. Hi, Hi Angela. Yeah. Um, she's also a local uh, film producer too. Oh, um, right on. So yeah, she's, uh, she's one of those that, uh, that champions, you know, uh, independent uh, films and independent artists. So she definitely, you know, um, appreciates the, uh, you know, the art that goes into, you know, a lot of these, uh, oh, yeah. emotional, uh, I meet a lot of, I meet a lot of people who do independent, uh, films through Friday night frights. They come okay. to the shows and they do everything. In fact, one guy actually reached out to me and I did a poster for one of his films. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's been released yet or when it's going to go out. They, you know, they, it's one of those things where they're in post-production, so I don't hear a whole lot from them. Yeah. It's called New Ogden Cinema, and they did a movie where it's a, uh, it's called Ancient Evil. Okay. It's, it's a bunch of shorts that all kind of connect to each oh, other. Cool. So I did this really fun design where it's like a pentagram where they're in different parts of the pentagram. There's different characters from different parts of the movie, and it's nice. the tagline is, you know, you know, like nine terrifying stories, one bitter end, you know, that ah. type of thing. And yeah, it was a fun piece. And it was, it was for the first time somebody was like, Hey, I have a movie. Yeah. I want you to do the poster for it. And it that's was, like, cool. wow, that's awesome. You know, that's so cool. 
Yeah, I love it. I love seeing, you know, my friends, you know, being able to do stuff like that, you know, because, um, yeah, the, the, you've got the art piece and, yeah, it's, it can be the advertisement for the film. But when it's actually attached to a joining piece of art, it's like, oh, man, the mileage on that can be sure. amazing. You know, so many more eyes can, you know, can can see that and, and really appreciate that. So it, that's, it also elevates the film a little bit to a point yeah. where they're kind of like, yeah, we, we love the movies where of the 80s and then early 90s and the late 70s where they made all these posters you know, right. with art. So we're kind of feeding back into that a little right. bit. And that's, that, 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 it just works for everybody. Everybody wins. Yeah, like, most definitely. Uh, you know, want to bring up uh, another piece here. Um, yeah. One of my favorites of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This one is so sexy. <laughs> God, look at that. So it's funny. So I, I'm friends with a, uh, an artist who he works with Marvel and he works with like, uh, you know, some, some big names, Hasbro. He was an actual artist for Hasbro for a while. Nice. Um, a guy named Tony Dela Cruz. And I'm okay. usually sitting next to him or across from him at most of these shows. And we're good friends, but he nice. does this very simplified style of art that looks like one way up close. And then it looks like it scales down perfectly because it's so simplified. Wow. So I'm sitting across from him and I'm like, this guy, I got to figure out how he does this. So yeah. what I wanted to do is for this one is I wanted to make it look like something from far away. And then as you get closer, you see all the little details in it. And the, the, the tree, um, it was a whole different style for me. I'd never done anything like that before, but I found a picture online of yeah. the veins in a human face Ooh. and it looked like trees. Yeah, it does. And I was like, well, that's perfect. Yeah. And the moon is the skull. And the blood is the teeth. And it's just like, you just, you just add to it and add to it and add to it. And eventually it just all kind of like comes through. And this one was fun. Yeah. Doing something like this for, for the evil dead. I mean, good God. What, what an amazing film. What an amazing bunch of films. Oh yeah. I just watched rise and I liked it. It it wasn't, it wasn't like what I was expecting. Yeah. But it was it was interesting. And I'm I'm really I'll watch more if they are keeping this myth the mythos. I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh you know the the entirety of of uh, the Evil Dead um uh you know franchise. Yeah, the 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 first three films, including mm-hmm. Army of Darkness, yeah, oh, yeah, Ash versus the Evil Dead, you know, the the remake, you know, sequel. You know, in thirteen, yeah, the 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 uh, the the remake, which I don't, I don't, yeah, I guess it was more of a sequel. It is what we're going to call it because they, yeah, because they, I mean, they came out and said it's like, yeah, it feeds into the same universe, you know, um, and then and then rise as well. Yeah. It's like I I don't I I and I know a lot of people you know don't really appreciate the uh, um, you know the remake sequel whatever it actually is. But I, I just think as far as like the consistency, it's like it, I, I find it to be the most consistent uh, like horror franchise out there. Oh, easily. It's, you know, everything that that's put out there seems to be just top notch. Well, they know? do it with love. They, they You can yeah. tell that the people involved aren't just trying to get a dollar out of this thing. They yeah. really want to do something that is, you know, because they love the originals and yeah. they're, they're, they're love letters to them. You know, and it's they're 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 building a, a universe, but they're also like saying, "Hey, 
these movies were so important to me, I had to make my own right. version of it, you know? Right. And that's most, beautiful. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Angela's uh, chiming in. Yeah, she loves your work. Uh, and then, you know, she continues. Uh, she's a huge uh, Evil Dead fan. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool. Um, let's see here. I, it, there's another piece for another film that is, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, incredibly overrated. Um, uh, or not overrated. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, underrated. Underrated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's so fun. It's stupid fun, Mad Max Overdrive. It's it's basically you know it's everything you 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 know about the film. I mean, if you know anything about the movie, you know Stephen King was on so much cocaine that he doesn't even remember making this thing. And when you know that fact, you're like, oh well, totally. And yep. and it's you know it's the movie's a vehicle for ACDC music in a theater. Yes. It's like that's what else you want, you know? It's trucks, it's explosions, it's gore, it's some some funny comments and some some takeaways like some some you know you could scream, yeah. scream the at the movie again if you go to watch it but for this poster i'll tell you this this is the the one that this was for friday night frights as well and um uh i took it as a personal challenge because i hate drawing cars and trucks okay nice hate it, hate it. if you look yeah, in the background there's like literally dozens of cars and trucks that I drew in the background. And I created this, I designed this. I didn't have to draw all these trucks, but I told myself, you know what? You don't like drawing trucks. So let's just break you out of that. And let's, yeah. let's have you draw some, a whole bunch of trucks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's good to, to try things, you know, outside your comfort zone. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a challenge as an artist. And as artists, we should be challenging ourselves all the time. When I was a kid, I thought that you, you know, I looked at people like Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri and I would yes. go, oh, these guys just worked and worked and worked and then got to like this level and now they plateaued. And that's absolutely not true. The, no. Those guys are still pushing themselves because they, that's, when you plateau, you kind of die as an artist. You, you die right. on the vine. You know, right. you constantly so. be pushing yourself and you should want to do something different and new. Right. Yeah. Uh, Angela's uh, in agreement with us. Uh, uh, yes, it is one of uh, my favorite uh, King films and the soundtrack from ACDC. Wow, wow, wow! Indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I think I think uh, that film was my introduction to ACDC as a kid. Mine too. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, his brother, brought that movie home, and then he went out and got um, uh, Back in Black, and we listened to that ad nauseum. We just listened to that all the time as kids we would we would it was like i think it was like i think he got it on cassette and then we just duped copies of it and just listened to it until they burned out nice um, I, think I, was about, I think i was about nine or ten when we when we were doing that so nice hey uh cassettes are making a comeback in collector markets really yep so yeah, it's not just vinyl it's, it's cassettes I'm, I'm waiting to hear a little bit more on eight tracks, but I'm sure there's a, a niche market for that too. Yeah, there's got to be. There's a niche market for everything. I mean, people yeah. still like VHS and Beta. You know. Yeah, there's not. There's definitely a romance for for VHS, and I I totally get it because, you know, growing up, 
that's what I rented, you know, yeah. as a kid, you know, in, in uh, kind of rural Kersey, we, we eventually got a video store in like the mid eighties. And, uh, you know, um, you know, my, uh, I loved the artwork, but the horror section was very lean. Um, and the number one thing I would rent on a weekly basis, um, was uh, monster squad. I love oh that. yeah, love that cover. I love the movie. I, I never got to see it in the theater except, you know, a couple of years ago in Alamo Draft House. Sure. You know, uh, Andre Gower came out. I, I did a I did a print like you with um, um, Tony Todd. I did a print. Yeah. For for that movie, and I was able to give it to to Andre. And that's the best feeling, man. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. At some point, it's like it's that it's that. You know, it's that dopamine drip you got from when you did a picture and your mom put it on the fridge. Yep. Yeah. Now yeah, that's yeah. that's gone to like the next level where it's like, okay, I need the guy from the movie that I liked that was out 35 years ago to to, to put to put this picture on his fridge because that's right. what I need. I need that's the level of dopamine that I need to get today. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the the nice thing about that was we were there. Um, I handed him a print, and I'm like, hold on. And I, I gave him a stack of prints for that. I'm like, if you want to hand them out. So he just started handing them out as people were coming up to. That's awesome. To uh, take photos and stuff with them. So that was that was pretty sweet. He's right. yeah, super nice guy. Um, poor guy. Follow him on Instagram. He was stuck in an elevator the other day. So <laughs> yeah, he, he, so he, yeah, he took photos with the the, uh, the fire department that that broke him out. Nice. That's, cool. That's so cool. Yeah, VHS was a, a big thing, I think, yep. you know, and it's like I, I, I talk to a lot of these guys. I know a lot of guys who are very much into that, you know, that collecting of the VHS. Yeah. And and I get it. Like at a certain at a certain, you know, ironic distance, it's not about like the quality of watching those films, even though there's a grittiness to it that adds to a little bit of some of the films. But, yeah. you know, because we, we, we did it because it's what we had. But the thing about VHS is it wasn't just that it was cool to watch a movie on at your house, which it was, but it was because you could go to a video store and the whole world was there. It, right. was, it was choice. It was selection. And it was, it was just innovation because, yep. you know, that was the internet of, yeah. of, of the eighties was going to the video store and finding out what's new and deep diving and then talking to people and going, Oh, and you know, you yeah. trade them and stuff. And it was like, it was very, it was very like, and it was it was it was very one on one and a very personal kind of thing that mm -hmm. you would you would you would get you would have friends for life because yeah. you both liked this same movie. Yeah, that very very much so. That that was kind of my social scene. In when I was in uh, high school, I worked uh, at uh, Blockbuster Video. Oh yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I loved it. Um, you know, it was, it was a sometimes yeah half the times it was a headache dealing with the customers. Sure. The other, the other half was like you get to talk movies, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that, that's what I that's why I like doing conventions. Yeah, I'm not casting a really wide net with you know Troll Two and the Wraith, uh, right? And, uh, and the Last Unicorn. You know, I'm I'm right. Uh, I, but I am casting a very specific net. And when those people see that, we're gonna have a conversation, and it's gonna be just like when I was working at a video store in college. And yeah, the the pay sucks, and the the, the the every once in a while, you know, on a busy night, you get somebody who's really mad because you ran out of copies of Titanic, 
And, uh, you know, it's like, you got to deal with that. But, uh, but for the most part, it was sitting around talking about movies with people, putting movies on, having a, 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 a employee pick section yep. and, and just, you know, like, I mean, I, I remember vividly working in a video store in college in 1997 or 98, 98. And I'd never seen Razorback. And my the guy who ran the store put that in his pick. And I was like, what is this? This is, you know, okay, I'll look at it. And it turns out it's Russell Mulcahy directed it. It's it's Jaws on the outback with a with a with yep. a bore the size of a dump truck. It's got some of the best practical effects that still hold up. Yeah. In 1983. And it's Russell Mulcahy, the guy who did uh, uh, Highlander. Yep. And it's like the film he did right before Highlander. And it's like, wow, like all these things. And it was just like, and that's the type of thing you would get with, you miss that now with, yeah. you know, when, when, having so much choice with streaming and the internet is just flooded with too many things, but that brings it to a fine point. And you can just have that connection with one person who goes, you need to watch this. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, the, uh, when I think of like a midnight cinema, cinema that that comes from Australia, I think of the original Mad Max, mm -hmm. and I think of Razorback. Those yeah. that that's my parameters. It's yep. you know it, it it's uh, yeah I, I've had to at least sit down and watch Razorback with me and and stuff. I, I love you know turning people on to uh, you know to new to things that they're not exposed to, which is what you know good poster art really does. It does. Yeah. yeah, it gets people interested. It's like it's a taste of the story, right? And you want more, so right. you go see the movie, right? Most definitely. Um, you know, want to you know bring up a, another one? You're you're working on I think this project or yeah. a continuation of this, Dance with the Dead. This is a fantastic design. Can you talk about this? Well, yeah, sure. So, uh, Dance with the Dead is a dark synth band. Uh, the, 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 it's two guys and, uh, Justin, the guy who reached out to me, I met him at uh, Rose city comic-con and of all things, he came by and was like, you know, he pointed out my vamp poster and cause I'm a huge Grace Jones fan. And so I was like, well, of course I'm going to do a vamp poster. You know, why not? And, uh, uh, he loved it. He loved the design and he said, this is what we need to do more of. And he didn't know I knew who his band was. He goes, yeah, I got this little band. It's called dance with the dead. And I was like, wait, 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 the, the, the dance with the dead. And I'm like, like rattling off like album names and like song oh. titles and stuff. And he was like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're in sync here. You know, we're, we're in simpatico. So, uh, so he asked me to do a design for a shirt and this was one I did last year. Uh, he wanted kind of like a techno demon theme. And uh, that's kind of what I did. I just kind of went crazy with it. And, uh, you know, it's sexy devil girls. It's yep. demons with with with, uh, you know, wires and digital, you know, bit, you know, uh, uh, binary code in the eyes. And, and now I'm doing a second design uh, for their next tour, uh, oh. which uh, they're starting, I believe, in the next couple months. So, nice. yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's got to get like a vampire theme that I'm doing. So. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a really hot design, obviously. You Thank know. you. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Man, that's that's so cool. Um, you know, you you, you kind of run the gamut, you know, with with some of these, you know, uh, you know, art for for films, and you know, you mentioned uh, Vamp. We talked a little bit about that film, 
in particular before we went live because um, I think you're you're the only one that uh, has brought up that that film starring Grace Jones as as you know the vampire and and her costume design by the legendary you know uh, Keith Haring yeah Keith Haring yeah it's um, you know how how cool is is that to to bring you know those two talents into one horror film yeah and a horror film that would that would spawn. Uh, 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 an entire, you know, a whole other film. Uh, it's the it's the prototype for uh, from dusk till dawn. Right. It's right. just it's vampire strippers feeding yep. on in a bar in a really crappy part of town, feeding on people who won't be missed. And right. it's about people who go in there on accident, find out what it is, and then they have to escape. So it's a survival horror type of thing. And it's it. it but aesthetically, that movie is like no other film you'll ever see. It's all neon, and it's like the most '80s thing in the world. Yep. It's like Nagel. It's like if a Nagel painting, a Patrick Nagel painting, like had a pulse and was a horror film. It's, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, that's a that's a fun one to go back to, just because Grace Jones is not was, but still is. Apparently, I, some of my friends just saw her on tour and said that she still yep. got it. Um, she was just her own thing. Like she was, she was her own genre of of whatever music, art, everything. She was kind of like part of that. She was like the '80s version of the Studio Fifty Seven. Yes. Uh, uh, Andy Warhol crew. You know, like she yeah. was that. She was art incarnate. Yeah, very much so. I, yeah, I think uh, her and uh, Keith Haring would do projects together. They they mm -hmm. certainly. We're in the same uh, art circles. Madonna was was a uh, you know uh, uh, part of that uh, to some extent. Uh, you know, Grace Jones was dating Dolph Lundgren. That oh, those pictures of them where they're they're nude and they're just yeah. like they're really nice, classy. Like you've never seen two more ripped people. Yeah. In your life, yeah. it's just a, it's yeah. the pictures nothing but like shading on muscle. Like it's just. Yeah, it's beautiful, but it's like at the same time, you're like you're gobsmacked. You're like, wow, these people are like the two most fit people I've ever seen in my life. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, they, they're amazing specimens. And, you know, Grace is, is pushing. Yeah, she's in her late 70s. Yeah, she's in her 70s. And she still gets up on stage and rocks it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing. Um you know that that, that kind of reminds me. Like uh, I've I've been seeing a, a number of these guys that uh, you know I, I liked as a kid. I'm only able to to see them you know um, you know now in person. But like uh, like Fishbone, these oh. guys are in their sixties. They're doing fucking backflips on backflips and yeah with a sack stack you know strapped to them. I'm like oh my god you yeah. know yep. That's it's, that's it. It well when you when you don't want to let it go, yeah. You you make you make room for it. You know you make yeah. you make it happen. I mean, I went and saw about three four years ago. I went and saw. Um, it was like a no effects had this whole thing where like they were like you know bringing all these people around. It was a beer garden type of thing. But I went and saw, and most of them you know they're kind of very stationary and they just kind of play their songs and stuff. But like yeah. Goldfinger was still jumping all around, I and um, uh, oh who else was. Uh, uh, bad religion. That's who I went to really see. Was bad religion because that was they were on my bucket list of being in a pit for bad religion. And I was like, okay, I'm 40, I'm still gonna do it. Yeah, set off the bucket list and just give myself a reason to never go back in a mosh pit again. Yeah, but, um, yeah. 
but they were just just belting them out and getting around running around the stage pearl jam does it too it's like these these guys who you would think like they could easily just cash it in they don't have to do that right and they want to keep doing it but yeah i can't i would love to see fishbone live man. that that just sounds like a trip you know it's fun yeah just listening to like sunless saturday you know live oh god you know, I, I, I hearken back to that, you know, Spike Lee music video. It's like, oh, oh yeah. you know, and, and, and like the, the energy is just the vitality. But, you know, like, like, you know, kind of to continue this, uh, yeah, you know, now that I'm just kind of bromancing on this. Um, but like uh, like six, no, seven years ago, I saw Iggy Pop live and he was just just turned 69 and I'm like, okay, he just did that album with Josh Holmes and, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. some of the, the band members from Queens. Queens of Stone Age, yeah. And, you know, is more like kind of his lounge, like returning to his lounge phase back in, like he did in the 80s when he was doing stuff um, with Bowie and just after Bowie. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, okay, it's going to be a little bit subdued. You know, he's, he's showing his age and everything. Fuck no. You know, he's, he comes out really nicely dressed. Shirt's gone. You know, tie's gone. He's pushing over, uh, you know, speakers. He's, oh, he's cutting himself. And it's like, oh, my God. He's standing and clapping and, like, he's still got it. Yeah. He's still going. You know, people are crowd surfing him. Um, he was at the – it was at the Ellie Culkin uh, Opera House, an opera house. So security – is the youngest security person there is in their 60s. <laughs> they're not expecting this way. No, they had they're poor them. They had no idea what they were in for. And yeah, the, the crowd's just eating it up. You know, he's he's singing every song from this new album. And but but you know, it's like very loungy, but you know, but he's doing it like like it's the end of the world, and he's got to leave everything on stage. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, at some point, it probably clicks that like who knows what your last show's going to be. He's still right. doing it. Too. I mean, I just read that Ozzy is like saying, "I got to put my health first. I'm like, now you're saying you got to put your health first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did it take? What did how how, how I want to know where that what was what the final push was for you? Right. To, right. To decide that you're going to like be. Okay, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta slow this train down, you know, a little. Bit. Yeah, but. well, it, it, you know, kind of to bring it back to like some of our uh, heroes in, in uh, horror films too. I mean, they they're still around, they're still mm -hmm. doing stuff. Yeah, you know, they're they're you know the the films and the projects that they're known for, you know, is probably like you know twenty thirty years ago and stuff. But they're 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 still contributing. They're still you know yeah adding to that uh, that that lexicon of, of, uh, you know, art and content. Yeah. And they'll show up in, and then, you know, you've got, you've got these young directors who, you know, they basically show homage to these people by putting them in small roles in films. And you're like, Oh, like Jeffrey Combs will just show up somewhere in a movie. And you're like, that's so cool. Like, you know, he, he hasn't been relevant to, you know, m people for two decades. And then he just boom shows up in something, you know, it's like, that's really cool. Like, I like that. I like, I like that, you know, and for, you know, and say what you will about Rob Zombie's films. Uh, I, everybody's got their opinion. I certainly do, but he like Lords of Salem, he basically brought yeah. back all of like the best, like female horror people. And like, you know, he was right. just, let's just go crazy with it. And I was like, yeah, like that's, that's so cool. You know? Right. Right. 
Yeah, Angela's uh, saying, you know, they have you know, they have passion for their art and the fans. They really do. They they uh, out of all of the different because I do regular comic cons too, and I've I've met you know people from all sorts of films and you know comics and TV shows and stuff, and the people from horror films, yeah, they love their fans so much because that because of that because of the fact that they the 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 the, the, the potential of going into obscurity is so much higher for those people in those horror films because you never knew if they were going to make another one, and right. so. The, you know those characters that they portrayed people had such a love for them that they understand that about their about their fans and they right. don't want to you know they don't want to ruin that so they 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 really do appreciate their fans because their fans keep them alive and yeah. i think that that's a, that's beautiful that's a great you know merger of you know the two two worlds most definitely uh kevin is. Uh, is is uh, best for that yeah so yeah kevin's a wonderful guy yeah, in like his horror movies too. Like he's done a handful of those. You know, mm -hmm. Tusk and my I favorite. I like Tusk. Tusk is terrifying. Like the end of Tusk is like, yeah, not see that coming. <laughs> Michael Parks and that is is what terrifies me. Like, he's so good. He was such a. He was like, what a great like, such a great powerful actor. actor that people didn't really realize who he was until like. 10 years before he, or 20 years before he was gone, you know, like yeah. that Tarantino is a huge reason for that. Yeah, you know? very much so. Yeah. With the, with the Kill Bill movies and, and from um, Dust Till Dawn, he's the, he's yeah. the guy at the beginning from right. Dust Till Dawn, you know, and that's, he's one of the best parts of that movie. Like he, right. he literally has that great little, you know, you know, thing about getting sick, eating the, the, the breakfast that morning and then everything that went down that day is, is he's been having a really bad day and then he gets shot for it. <laughs> it's right. like, it's like, it's so funny. Like he's, he literally does, he has such a small part, but he doesn't phone it in and he becomes, he elevates that character to being memorable. That's, that's true. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, you know, guys like, uh, like Quentin Tarantino, you know, yeah. Just kind of opened up the floodgates in the, in the nineties. It's like, Hey, Bring in, you know, the guys that might, you know, that you, you grew up loving, idolized, and might not, you know, you know, their career's probably um, on, on the downward slope or, you know, it's going into its twilight. It's like, give them, you know, a couple last hurrahs, you know. Yeah. Or, well, uh, he, he's he's 100% the reason that Travolta got yeah. Got a, a, a new lease on life, you know. I mean, yeah. he really did, you know. And and he, you know, not only is he going to bring in new talent and and expose people to new people, but he's going to find people from like those old films that nobody really saw, and he's going to kind of bring that to the new world. And it's like the same thing kind of did with with Grindhouse, where he was like, like you know, and, and and to a degree, yes, we all knew what Grindhouse was, but the general population didn't know what yep. Grindhouse was and they could have fun with it, you know, and bring it on a bigger stage. And that's why like people like he and uh, Robert Rodriguez are perfect for that. You know, yeah. and it's like, that's why I like Lords of Salem. I mean, I know most people really focus on zombies like uh, Halloween films and his, you know, his, his uh, 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 House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, Devil's Rejects type of things. But for me, the fact that he had a love letter to Giallo and yeah. those old, those old like um, films of like Argento and Fulci with a movie that was tonally bizarre, like uh, Lords of Salem. Yeah. It, it really was like, okay, you get this. Like you're, you're not trying to be Mr. Cool guy. I know something that you don't. He's literally just like, these are movies that nobody's seen and people should see. Yeah. I'm going to make 
a new version and put that on a big stage. Right. So now you can go back and look at like, you know, you can watch Deep Red. You can watch uh, the original Suspiria. You can watch uh, uh, Demons. Yeah. And you can see the in the church, you know, you can see these movies that people should see. And and because they were doing some fantastic stuff with nothing and uh, right. and 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 changing the landscape of films. But, you know, they just never reached that high level of you know fame and notoriety. No, but but they you know they were able to you know, influence the next generation. That uh, definitely, definitely, people would see that, and then they would become the next directors, and that would be part of their what they were bringing to the table. You know. Yeah, yeah, be be part part of their dialogue, their uh, you know uh, kind of their their thesis on how to approach things. And, and yeah, that that's always the nice thing is, mm -hmm. is you know in you know with you know independent like the small guy doing the art too. You've got those limitations set in place, but because of that, I mean, you know, the the breadth of innovation is limitless. It's just how do you use these things to to get the des, you know the desired effect, or you know, okay, maybe you can't get to the desired effect. How do you change it up to make everything work together? So, change the story, change the, yeah. the the lighting, change the mood. Yeah. Do something, shoot around the thing, you know, do, do, do what, uh, you know, the, the shark wouldn't work. Right. So you, how do you build the tension? You just don't. Yeah, the shark. yeah exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. And it works. It works 99 yeah. times out of a hundred. You've, you've got somebody who's clever enough to tell a story. They will still get that across. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, as a genre, like horror is just one of the most versatile uh, you know, platforms to do it from. And we've seen it time and time again, where you can throw all the money in the world at something. And it, sometimes it makes it worse. Yep. Yeah. You know, a couple of buckets of blood and a, and a good, you know, a couple of Dutch angles and stuff and a, and a, and some interesting lighting and you've got yourself a horror film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, uh, to counterpoint, uh, Dutch angles, uh, battlefield earth. Oh yeah. Well, we could go down a rabbit hole. What's wrong with that movie? <laughs> that's true. That's true. We should probably stop right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Travis, oh, it, it's been really great being able to reconnect with you. Uh, we're, we're just about out of time. Uh, but, you know, where can people, you know, go and follow you and, uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, see your works and, and reach out sure. to you for commissions. Oh sure. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm you know I'm on Facebook under my name, but also Travis Bundy. Uh, but I'm also on um, uh, Instagram at uh, at Bundy Mania because nice. I was a huge Hulkster fan, and uh, growing up. And so you know those are probably the two that I check the most often. Um, I have a website, ThoughtBoxComics.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach out to me there. I'm always open for commissions, things like that. Uh, but yeah, like uh, and then I also have an Etsy shop. So, and that's a uh, Travis Bundy art uh, at Etsy and uh, you can get copies of all my prints. Uh, I got many prints that are different designs. I've got a bunch of stickers now too. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a pop explosion. Nice. That's awesome. We're, we'll have to, you know, talk to you about, uh, you know, getting you to, you know, come on out to Colorado for Colorado. Oh, I'd love to. Any any reason to get out there and have some more of that uh, green chilies, man. Oh, yes. Mm, the hatch green chili out here is mm -hmm. amazing. That's, that's, I still have dreams about that. 
nice. Nice. That's right. Denver Comic Con, right? Yep. I used to go to Denver Comic Con all the time and and that was yeah. uh, that was a staple of of when we went there. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Well, uh yeah, Travis again, you know, thanks so much for for coming on and and uh no you know, chatting with me. It was a, it was a blast. Um and, and uh yeah, stick around for a few minutes while we we sign off. But uh yeah, to everybody that uh, that tuned in, yeah, thanks so much guys. Yeah, make sure to to look up Travis, follow him. Uh, not into the bathroom. That's called stocking. Uh, but definitely online, you know, purchases his uh, amazing artwork and stuff. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, yeah, to our sponsors, uh, to uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. And uh, to Hellfire Entertainment, thanks so much for broadcasting us on your social media. And, of course, uh, to Groovy TV and to, uh, you know, Alien Donut Films and Angela Joseph uh, Productions. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, yeah helping us out. And uh, to my producers, Lily Fisher, Amanda Armstrong, and Stephen Santa Cruz. Thanks so much, guys. And uh, to everybody out there, uh, be good, be kind, help each other out during tough times, and stay spooky, everyone. Have a good night. Okay. Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th.